you see that out there? So good to be back at Wellington Equipus. Who knows that, you know, this is an amazing church. You know why it's an amazing church? Because you guys are here. And you've got amazing leaders as well, you know, and having amazing leaders helps. But you know what? You know what the reality is? The star of every church ain't the pastor. The star of every church is the person sitting next to you and yourself. Yeah, you guys are the star of the church. Big responsibility, eh? Who loves responsibility after this morning? Yeah, we are responsible for stuff, aren't we? Uh, the more stuff you take responsible for, the greater things that God will do in your midst. You know, um, and, um, and um, I'm confident you know, God's not finished. He's still got lots and lots that He wants to do in and through you guys. Uh, but the challenge is, you know, um, uh, we just got to keep focus, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, to, tonight, I just want to just share with you uh, from the book of Luke. Um, it's just like three ways where you can stay encouraged. Who needs some encouragement? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think, you know, if you want to think more about it, there'll be more than three ways. <laughs> but I'm going to share about three ways on it tonight. But anyway, you know, if you, if you read the book of John, I mean, Luke, uh, from chapter 1 onwards, or for uh, chapter, I don't know, verse 5 onwards, uh, you, 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 you will read about this guy called John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist, uh, he was a cousin of whom? Jesus, a third cousin, you know. Uh, even be a bit more specific. But anyway, you know, there were cousins. Um, I can't imagine what it's going to be like, you know, growing up with Jesus. <laughs> He'll probably prophesy you until you go crazy, <laughs> you know. But anyway, they, they were cousins, you know. Um, and their parents were Zach and Elizabeth. Uh, he, I mean, John was a miracle baby, wasn't he? Because uh, they were barren, they couldn't have a child. But how many of you know that, that if you're in a barren situation, God always finds something yeah, amazing for you, even in a barren situation. Yeah. So sometimes when you face something that's terrible and dry and painful and, and possibly like you're dying, you know, that's an amazing opportunity for God to move. Because I find you know, God moves in my life when, when I'm, I'm, my back's against the wall and I've got nowhere to go. And He moves. So whenever you find yourself in a space like that, you remind yourself, it's a God opportunity. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what exactly happened to uh, Elizabeth and, and, and Zach. You know, um, and... Um, they managed to conceive and uh, gave birth to an amazing guy, guy called John. You know, if you read about John, uh, he, be- he began his ministry and, and he, he was a, a, a crazy preacher. He ate locusts and stuff. Uh, his, his clothing wasn't Nike stuff. You know, I don't know what he was wearing, but whatever he wore, you know, lasted and, and worked for him. Um, didn't make him popular, but hey, who cares about popularity, you know? Uh, he just did his thing. And um, he was a powerful preacher. Uh, and, and, and one day, you know, while he was baptizing in Jordan, he says, oh, behold the Lamb of God, right? The guy that takes away the sins of the world. You know, uh, that, that was an amazing moment. Would you think so? You know, John was the guy that introduced Jesus to the world. You know, just think, you know, if you were going to introduce someone like, you know, Jackie Chan, you know, <laughs> would you feel like, you know, or, or, or someone important, uh, you know, it's like, wow, what, what an amazing opportunity, you know. Uh, you know, you, you feel like you're the number one guy. You know what I'm saying? Like all blacks, you know, scoring 18 wins on a trot, and then they come into church and you get to introduce all the players. It's like, wow. Uh, who, who wants a wow moment? <laughs> you know, but how many of you know, you know, wow moments are good, but they don't last forever. You know, you know so John, he gets an opportunity to introduce Jesus to the world. Uh, next minute, come on, say next minute. 
Next minute, six months down the track, he's in prison. Yeah. He's in prison. Why is he in prison? He's in prison because either he's someone who's fearless and, and bold and daring, or he's just stupid. Yeah, because he was preaching a message to the king. And he says, Herod, you're living with your brother's wife. <laughs> you're an adulterer. You're a sinner. You know, he would say that to the king. So you got to think, you know, you say that to the king, what's going to happen? <laughs> you know? So he gets chucked in prison. And, and, you know, the king was obviously offended. But guess what? His wife you know, or, or his uh, illegitimate wife was even more offended. Uh, and, and how many of you know that she was pretty cunning? So one day, can I say one day? One day, he got him a little bit tipsy. Drank a little bit too much. You know, because she knew what would scratch his itch. She knew how to get inside her husband. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Because she was on a mission. She had something already planned out in her, in her heart. You know? and, and, and she got her daughter. She used her daughter. You know, what kind of mother would that be? She used her daughter to sort of seductively tempt her husband. So she came out, you know, I don't know what she was dressed like or what she wasn't dressed like, and she, 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 she performed an amazing dance, and, and the king was like stunned, you know, like a stunned mullet, you know, and, and, and uh, he, he was lost for words, and, and when you're lost for words, it's best to shut up. You know, but this guy opened up his mouth, you know, and he says, like, up to half my kingdom you can have. Who is, whoever said that to your wife, you know, don't say that. You know, up to half, you know, yeah, but I'm still alive. <laughs> up to half your kingdom. And he says, oh, I want, I want his head on a platter. And he said it in, 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 in full view of all his guests. So he couldn't go back on his word. He didn't want to kill John the Baptist. But because he got talked into it, because he was a little bit tipsy, you know, and, 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 can I say it, aroused as well, you know? And, and when you start feeling like that, how many of you know you don't think straight no more? You know, and, and you start thinking stupid and you, you fall into a trap and he fell into a trap. And this poor guy, John the Baptist, who was called of God, chosen by God, for what? To introduce Jesus, the Messiah, to the world. You know, and now he's in prison and, and he's saying, you know, he's calling out to two of his disciples, you got to go find Jesus. And he says, why? Why do you mean look for Jesus? Well, we got to find out whether is he the one that we're expecting or we should expect somebody else. Six months ago, six months earlier, he was saying this is the Son of God you know, who takes away the sins of the world. And then now he's saying, Jesus, is this the real Jesus? Have you ever been in a situation where you actually, you know, you, you, you were actually challenging who Jesus really is? You know, who are you, God? You see, the thing is, he got so consumed with the chains that, that he got bound in. And, and, and he's in prison and he knows that the clock is ticking. He ain't got a long time to go, you know. And, 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 and when he was faced with such a pressure on his life, he lost the plot. He says, you got to go look for Jesus. So those two guys went and looked for Jesus and they found Jesus. You know what Jesus is doing? I, I wasn't there, but I think this, was, this would probably be maybe what happened. This is Boone's version. You know, Jesus, the Bible says uh, Jesus was busy doing miracles. He was healing people. He was setting people free. Even the dead was being raised to life. And these two disciples come and say, Jesus, they don't know whether to call him or not. So they're trying to call Jesus. Trying to get, hey, hey, you know, trying to get his attention. And just look at them. 
can't you see I'm, I'm busy? You know? So he spends a whole day doing stuff for people. And that's why he came. He came to bless people. He came to bless you and the person sitting next to you too and the person that you don't like. You know, he's come to bless all of them too. You know? And, 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 and these two guys are saying, our master is in trouble. It's like, you're telling it to Jesus. You think he doesn't know? <laughs> he knew everything. So I, I think, you know, when he finished doing all, all, all he was doing, and then he just looked back, oh, oh, you guys still here. What's up? You know, and then we, they begin to tell him uh, what, what his, uh, his, their master was, was feeling, you know. And, and they begin to, 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 to just download onto Jesus. So Jesus, oh, he's got broad shoulders. He listens to everything, you know. And then he just sends them on, the, on, on their way. It's like they came to see him. He didn't really answer them much. You know what he said to them? He says this. Um, he says, um, the blind were seeing, the lame were walking, the deaf were hearing, the dead were even raised to life. You know? And, and, but Jesus didn't really pay any attention to them. And when they left, I don't know, you know, when, when, when they left, Jesus began to speak to the crowd. And he said to, he, he said to the crowd, you know, you know that, that there's no man born of woman that's greater than John. You know, Jesus began to, 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 to compliment him, begin to speak, you know, lift up John like, 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 like crazy, you know. But there was a message that John didn't get to hear. His disciples even didn't hear it, so they couldn't even pass on that message. You know, and tonight I want to talk about, you know, the encouragement that you've never heard. All of us are going to get encouragement we've never heard. But if you would really listen close enough, I think we will hear some stuff, you know. And, and the thing is, um, John was totally discouraged, you know. He was totally discouraged. He didn't know when his head was going to be taken off. He didn't know when he was going to die, but he knew he was going to die. But he just couldn't get his head around. Oh, wow, one, one minute I'm, I'm up here, and next minute I'm just down here. And Jesus, where are you? How many of you know that, that no, you can be up or down, but Jesus doesn't change? He doesn't change. His mind, you know, is, is firm. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So no matter what you go through, whether you have your, your lies, your medium, and your lows, Jesus doesn't change. So when He speaks something to you, when He says something to you, you can trust Him. You got to hold on to that because that's, that's your anchor you got to hold on to. See, the first thing that I want you to know, you know, is that there's three things I want you to pick up this evening. All right, three things. The first thing is, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're feeling, no matter what you're going through, this is it, number one. Come on, say number one. You're doing better than you think you are. You're doing better than you think you are. So often we think, you know, oh, little old me, we have a pity party. You know, uh, the world's against me. You know, I can't seem to get any traction. You know, I know God called me, but where's God now? I used to hear from Him and, and I don't hear Him no more. You know, the reason why John didn't hear Him anymore was because his cry for his self-pity was greater than his cry for God. You know, if you remember what Paul and Silas, when they were in prison, they were beaten. But what did they do? In their pain, their agony, they praised God. You know, they sang hymns to God and then the miracle came. But John was having a pity party. You know, he wasn't reaching out to God. You know, if he knew, you know, uh, what, what Jesus thought of him and said, you know, there's no wound born of you, John, that's going to be greater than you. Man, if he knew that, I think he'd be wrestling the chain. He'd be swinging in the prison and he'd be singing and praising God. You know, but how many of you know when you stop praising God, that's when you stop really living 
You know, and that's when everything will start caving in on you. You know, so push your neighbor and say, you're doing better than you think. You're doing better than you think, you know. You know, who's read the book of Ecclesiastes? In chapter 3, it talks about the seasons of life, right? There's a, there's a season to live, a season to die, a season to mourn, and a season to laugh. And you can go on and on. I think if you count every season that Solomon wrote down, I think you, you find that you, there'll be 28 seasons all up. Uh, so, Solomon, you know, he was the wisest dude at that time. I think if he was living today, he'd probably be still the wisest, I think, you know. He was one wise guy. He, 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 he told us so many things in, 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 in the stuff that he wrote. You know, although he, he, he sort of like mentioned 28 seasons of, of life which we go through at different times, I think he missed out on one. It should have been 29. <laughs> he left out on one. You know, and I think that's a, that's a time for us not to quit. But there's not a time to quit and a time not to quit. There's no such thing like that. There's just basically one more. There's no time to quit. Come on, push your neighbor and say, we can't quit. We can't quit. There's no time to quit. We've got no time for that kind of stuff. Jesus doesn't quit on you. God doesn't quit on you. The Holy Spirit doesn't quit on you. Your pastors don't quit on you. So why you quit on, on God? How many people do you know that have really quit on God and quit on you and quit on church? No, the thing is, if God's called you and God's called me, that's what I work from. I don't care whether I've got a band or not. If there's no band, it's going to be pretty bad. You know, but that's when, you know, we use our equipment's connection and make a phone call. Hey, Sam, uh, can I borrow one or two singers? You know what I'm saying? You know, so, you know, so being part of a network of churches is great. How many of you know that you're not just a church standalone? You're part of a movement of churches. You know, so if you're part of a movement of churches, it means that, that your security is wider than you think. Your, 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 your connections are bigger than what you can ever imagine. You just got to build them. What do you think we got to shout for? Just because we want to listen to the speakers. Yeah, yeah, we want to listen to them. But you know what we're doing? We want to connect with other people. You know, you got to just build your connections, you know, within church and outside as well. You know, there's 16 equipers churches around New Zealand. Do you think we're going to stop at 16? Some people say, you know, 16, oh, yeah, that's, 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 that's a lot already. Why do we want to go for 17 and 18? Well, so once we hit 16, we stop. No, no, we ain't stopping till Jesus comes back. <laughs> You know, we've got to keep going until He comes back because there's a whole world that needs saving. How can we stop? So how can we quit? We can't quit. You know, and, and what, what, what if not? All our e-group leaders all quit. They don't want to serve anymore. So are we going to close shop? No, no, no. There's no time to quit. If, you, if, if your e-group leaders quit, find new ones. So go fishing and find new ones if you just can't quit. You know, because, you know, you're doing better than you think you are. It's only when you stop thinking that you're doing better than you think you're doing, that's when things get tough. But the reality is God's on your side. He says what? If He's for you, who can be against you? And uh, who was this? Uh, it was Art Boshoff at National Conference. Uh, it's not your enemy that's your problem, it's your enemy. That's the enemy, you know, that's the problem. Because the enemy can say no to God. How many of you know even the devil can't say no to God? But you can. And I can. And often our problems are enemy, not the enemy. You know, so don't run around looking for devils every under the table and stuff like that. You know? uh, we just got to challenge ourselves not to give up. So you're doing way better than what you think you're doing. And, uh, and uh, how many of you know that, you know, uh, can you all smile at me? Is that the biggest smile you can do? You know, you know what you just did? You just exercised 72 muscles in your face. 
72 muscles. Uh, can you frown at me? Oh, no, no frowning is no good. Smiling is better. See, when you frown, you're actually moving 108 muscles. You know, so why work that hard for nothing? <laughs> you know, you're, not doing, you're doing yourself a disservice by working so hard, by frowning all the time. You know, it's easier just to smile. You, lose, you use less muscles in your face. And every time, you know, you smile, it's like what my wife says, you know, it increases your face value. Who needs some increase in your face value, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so come on, we can't quit on God, right? You've got to keep championing one another, champion yourself, pat yourself on the back. Hey, look, you made it to church, right? Come on, you made it to church, so come on, you, 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 you're going somewhere, you're doing some stuff, you know, so we got to keep going, it's not about who comes with me, the Bible, there's a song that goes like, you know, don't none go with me, still I will follow, keep following Jesus, man, keep following Jesus, you'll never be disappointed. So what was the first one? You, you're always doing better what you think you are because God's on your side. You know, it's only just God on your side, your leaders are on your side, your e-group leaders, your pastors, your, all your friends at church, they're all behind you as well. You know, so you're never alone. So why quit? Never quit. Number two is, you know, you, you actually matter more than you think you do. Do you think that? We often, we don't, right? That's all false humility. God didn't make rubbish. You know, you're all a masterpiece. And because you're a masterpiece crafted by God, you matter to Him. So you matter more than what you think of yourself. You know, in Isaiah chapter 41, verses 6 to 7, in the New King James Version, it says, everyone, come on, say everyone, Everyone helped his neighbor. Have you ever helped your neighbor? Yeah, why, you, why did you help your neighbor? Very easy, because you care. Because people matter. That's why we help people, right? And he said to his brother, be of good courage. So the craftsman encouraged the goldsmith, and he who smooths the hammer inspires him who strikes the anvil, saying it's ready for the soldering. And then he said, fasten it with pegs that it might not totter. Wow, the, what is the Bible saying? The Bible is saying that the craftsman encouraged the goldsmith and the goldsmith encouraged the guy to, to, who, who had the hammer and the guy who had the hammer encouraged the guy who was holding the nail. Who liked to hold the nail? <laughs> you need a lot of encouragement, right? So what they did was they were encouraging one another and, and people encourage one another because people matter and you matter as well. You see, the word totter means to, to waver or, or uh, to stagger or to wobble. You know, and God doesn't want you wobbling by yourself. He don't want you staggering by yourself. You know, we have to encourage one another, right? You know, so if you think, you know, any parents in the house? Now, if you're a parent or a single parent, man, you know, we, 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 we take our heads off to you guys because you do an amazing job. But is it easy? It's tough. It's as tough as nails sometimes. You know, kids can drive you up the wall. You know what I'm talking about. You know, if, if you've got no kids yet, probably you're married, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> or rather, if you're not married, don't have kids. <laughs> yeah, but if you've got kids, man, you, your world changes. It's like when I had Christopher, it's like meet the new boss. When he's hungry, you've got to feed him. When his soul is nappy, you've got to change him. You know, and when he's crying, you got to sort of like pacify him. But now when he does that, I just kick him. <laughs> no, I don't do that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, anyway. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm losing track now. I don't know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, uh, you know, the thing is, sometimes, you know, we, 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 we imprison ourselves through, through trials that happen in, happens in our life. You know, we go through stuff and then that actually imprisons us 
and, 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 and ties us to that stuff. No, we just can't let that happen anymore because, you know, God's always on your side, you know, and, and John was probably feeling the same. Like he's feeling isolated. He's feeling God doesn't care anymore. Who's actually felt like that? That God didn't care about you. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we, we feel like that. But do you think God really doesn't care about you? No way, Jose, man. He cares about you all the time. You know, even if you read that, that uh, you know, um, I can't remember where it is in the Bible where uh, they, went, they all went up to the Mount of Transfiguration. So Jesus went up and uh, he met two dudes up there who was transfigured. Who were they? Moses and, and Elijah. Oh, you read your Bible. Very cool. You know, if you, if you read that passage, it says that they came to talk to him about his death, his impending death. Why would you need to do that? <laughs> you know, why would you need to do that? You know, I, I, I'm figuring it out. I'm thinking, you know. It could be just like maybe a garden, like the garden of, of Gethsemane where Jesus was, was struggling. You know, who is beginning to thotter as well. The human side is kicking in. And, and he's facing reality of what's going to happen. You know, but his father is amazing, right? He sends two guys from heaven, sends them down to encourage him. You know, I, I wasn't there. I don't think you were too, right? You, know, you guys weren't there too, you know. <laughs> I think, you know, most of could have said something like, you know, you know, Jesus, I know you'll be facing an imminent death soon. You know, it's just like me. Moses was saying, if I, didn't, if I didn't die, the nation of Israel couldn't enter the promised land. You know, and then Elijah was saying, hey, Jesus, if I wasn't taken up in the whirlwind, in the fiery chariot, and, and to leave this earth, Elijah would inherit the double portion. So keep on track, Jesus. You'll be fine. You know, everybody needs encouraging. If Jesus needed encouragement, what about you? You know, if you need encouragement, what about the people next to you? The people in your ego, people in your church, the people who are here and people not here. You know, the, 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 the best time to connect with people is when things are going great. Don't wait till things are terrible. You know, when things are going great, man, pump that connection, work that relationship, you know. I was just saying to our church, you know, at our, at our equipping night, the reason why we do DNA is so that we're all singing from the same page. So we understand our heart, our values, what our core values are. You see, the thing is, when you have got all that hunkered down, you know what that means? That means I can challenge you and you can challenge me and we can still hug each other, up, each other after that. But if you're not on the same page and I challenge you or you challenge me, then I ain't talking to you anymore because I'm offended. You know what I'm saying? So we, we, we got to crank the relationship when everything's going great. And then when there's DNA happening, make it. Even though you've been to it five times, go for a sixth time, man. You, you can't get enough of the kind of stuff. You know, so the more you embrace the core values of the church that you belong to, and if everybody's like that, man, you can have any conversation you want. It's like, oh, you want my wallet? You can have it too because I trust you. Can I have your wallet? Oh, yeah, cool. <laughs> Oh, look at Jono. He's the man, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, so the truth is what? Number one is what? You're doing better than you think. What's the second one? You matter more than what you think. Okay, I'm going to give you a, a third one. The third one is, it's not all about you. <laughs> it's not about you. It's like, like John. Hey, John, it's not all about you too. Stop crying. You're a grown man. Sure, you're going to die, but don't you know that's a promotion? God knows how you're feeling, so stop crying, dry your eyes, and start looking to Him. But He couldn't, He was crying, you know, inside. He was messed up. You might say, boo, it's easy for you to say that because you're not in this position. You know what I'm saying? 
But at least when I walk into that, you know, I've got my own personal challenges as well. You know, but I know that there's, there's someone that, that's higher than me that has got a whole lot more brains than I've got. You know, so I can trust him. And that's why this morning I was trying to get the message through. Like you've got to be able to listen and hear him speaking to you. Because when he does, man, that's when, when you, you, you just don't feel relieved. But you know you've got a strength. You know you've got a confidence. You know you've got an ability in, in, in God to face any situation. Because he's got your back. And you know, he'll walk with you and he will cry with you if, if, if need to. God will go through any situation with you because he loves you. You know, so the third thing is it's not all about you. You know, uh, it's, it's not all about John. He was in prison. You see, what's, what's greater than John's life? What's greater than your life? Because it's not all about you. You know what's greater? The kingdom. The kingdom is greater. So when Jesus heard, heard from the two disciples that, 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 that he's in prison and he's going to be dead soon, he's still performing miracles. He's still healing people. He's still uh, delivering people from demonic oppression, you know, and doing all sorts of stuff because people need help. I can't let, you know, the stuff that's happening in my life stuff me up so that I stop moving for God. You've got to keep going for Him because uh, there are a lot of people in your life and my life that needs to hear the gospel, that needs to hear that God's real, that He exists, that He's a God who loves them. You know, if they don't hear it from you, who are they going to hear it from? You know, so you've got a message that you've got to sing out, you know. And if you think about God the Father, you think about God Himself, you know, he, he, He's in heaven, right? So is also a whole cloud of witnesses in heaven. And, 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 and what's going to happen? You know, the, the Bible says, no, uh, heaven rejoices all over one sinner who repents. Man, the whole of heaven rejoices over one sinner who repents. You're going to have a baptism service next week, right? Uh, I know they already say baptism doesn't save anybody, but it's a, it's a public declaration of their faith. So it's an amazing thing. I think party, there's going to be a party in heaven as well. You know, so you've got to be partying hard down here too, you know, because it's not about how you feel. You know, some people don't turn up to baptism services. Some people just don't turn up to Sunday services because they're too busy, or they are messed up, they're going through stuff. Some people are going to be painting their house. Some people are going to be washing their dog. Some people don't come because they had an argument with somebody at church. You know, come on, we need to grow up. Come push your neighbor. We've we got to grow up. We've got to grow up. You know, we've, we've got a Father in heaven, and He's got a plan and purpose that He wants to establish in this world through you. You know, if I was God, you know, you know the mess we are in is because of Adam and Eve, right? When I get up there, I'm going to have a conversation with them. If I was God, if I created Adam and Eve and they messed up, you know what I would have done? There's only two people, right? I would just wipe them out and I'll start again. There's only two. But how many of you know that God's not into replacing people? God's into restoring people. God's into fixing people. You know, so if you're in a marriage and your marriage is messed up, how many of you know that God's not into like replacing your spouse? Or replacing you even? He's into redeeming things. He's into repairing things. That's why he doesn't chuck things out. But when you make it all about you, in your marriage, in your church, if it's all about you, then what are you going to do? You're going to walk with your feet. You know what I'm saying? We can't walk with our feet because it's not about you. It's not about me. Right? So we got to understand that there's, there's, there's a, bigger, a bigger equation that, that God sees that you don't see. You know what, I was sharing with you a short story before I finish. It's about this guy, he was driving his car, this is many, many years ago, you know, and his car broke down. And he didn't know anything about cars, you know, he, he didn't know, he just 
opened up the bonnet and looked in the engine and didn't know what to do. He's just like me, you know, just don't know what to do. That's why we have mechanic friends. <laughs> and you got him on your cell phone, you know what I'm saying, in your contacts, you know, who to ring. But anyway, back in those days, they didn't have cell phones. So anyway, this guy, you know, he, he, he got stuck. He couldn't go anywhere. The car broke down. So he was just waiting. And then a shiny car drives by. And this guy steps out. Nice three-piece suit. Looking very important. He walks up to this guy and says, do you need help? <laughs> of course I need help. Yeah. So, so, so the guy said to him, well, you go to the front of the car. And when I say... Uh, no, you, 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 you sit in the driver's seat and when I say crank the engine, you crank your engine, but give me a few minutes, right? So this guy, he went, he went and checked the engine bay and I don't know what he did. And he says, all right, turn the key now. So he turns the key and the engine starts. Everything kicks, kicks in and the car's going and this guy couldn't believe it. Wow. So... He, he, was, he, he was so appreciative. He ran to him and said, thank you so much. You know, you look like somebody so important, but still you took time to help me, someone that you don't even know. Can I have your name, please? He says, my name is Henry Ford. And he says, you know, the reason why I'm helping you is because I can't bear to see one of my creation not working. Who made you? Who made you? See, God can't stand seeing you and me not live the life that He wants us to live. So when my life is messed up, God's on my case. When your life is messed up, God's on your case. And He will chase you down. He will chase you down. He will hunt you down. Or He'll send people into your life to help get your engine up and going again. Because He can't stand it when He looks at His creation and sees that there's divorce here. There's dysfunction here. You know, this guy is he's caught him in some, some, some form of addiction. God will do something. And how many of you know that God's going to use you? Because you represent God. But often we say no to God is because we don't think we're worth anything. We don't feel, you know, that we are worth anything. We are nobody. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You're worth more than what you think. And you're doing better than what you think. And the thing is, it's not about you. It's about what God sees. He's a creator God. He's a creator God. He's like Henry Ford, man. I can't, I can't stand it when I see my car broken down on the road, roadside. And if you just look around church, how many cars are broken down by the roadside? You think God's not going to do anything? You're mistaken. If you only tune in and listen, you know, God's going to do a whole lot more. You know, and, 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 and I believe in all my heart, you know, that um, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you focus on Him, if you tune into Him, you will hear from Him. It's a guarantee. God speaks all the time. He speaks all the time. But the challenge is, are we too busy to hear from Him? That's the challenge. You know, I'll just finish off with this. You know, you, we all know about the story about Job, right? He got into a, a, a big mess. You know why he got into a big mess? It wasn't because he was so clever or, or whatever. It was God was so pleased with him that God was bragging on him. He said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Have you considered him? It's like, have you considered my servant John or, or my servant Alistair? and putty and stuff like that. You know, because sometimes we don't hear the encouragement we need to hear. We don't hear that from God. You know? But He's bragging on you and sometimes that's why you're in the mess you're in. You know, God's setting you up not so that you fail or so that you go through a tough time. But 
in the midst of all his losses. He lost his, his, his wealth. He lost his family. He lost his livestock. He lost nearly everything. The only thing that he didn't lose was his wife. But in spite of all that, he still trusted God. You see, Job didn't just praise God and serve God because everything was going good. No, because that's what Satan said. Satan said to God, Job will only serve you because you look after him. He's in a perfect environment. You provide for everything in his life and that's why he, he serves you. But God, if you took it all away from him, he will curse you. That was the, that was the conversation they had. You know? But God says, hang on, hang on. You were in a better environment than Job was. Job has never said no to me, but you have. He was in heaven, he had more than Job had, but still he said no to God. You know, you see the thing is with Job is, no, it, it's not because of he worshipped God. It was not because of that he honoured God. It was in spite of in spite of the pain, in spite of the loss, in spite of, of, of the, the, the affliction that he had, he still could worship God. You know, there was no conditions on Job's side because it was in spite of, it's not because of. You know, sometimes that's what, that's what the devil will do. He'll use words and he'll play mind games with you and confuse you. You know, that God doesn't love you. Lord, if He loves you, you know, He'll give you the same good looks that Jonah has got. Some of you are awake, some of you are not. It's alright, that's cool. <laughs> What do you think Emma married him? Well, he's got a good heart too. That helps. <laughs> you, know, you know, we have stupid uh, you know, conversations with ourselves and then we shoot ourselves in the foot and then we wonder why church sucks. Life is terrible. You know, it's not terrible. Life is great. This is your enemy that's sending you the wrong signals. You know, and the enemy helps as well. You know, but we just got to get on top of some stuff and start making a declaration. I am better than what I think I am. Not because of my smarts, because God's got me. I'm worth more than what I think I'm worth. You know, and I'm doing better than what I think I'm doing because God's on my side and I've got a whole team of people behind me. They're putting their weight you know, behind me as well. So how can I fail? Uh, you can put this to the test. You know, if one of you get into, into, into trouble, you know, I don't think you know, Jonathan is going to sit down here and do nothing. Pastor John is going to ignore you and just prepare his sermons or go around preaching some all over the world, all over the country and not care about you guys. No, no, no. They might seem that they're busy, but I can tell you, they're already on the phone to someone. They're already sort of sorting something else in the background so that you can be ministered to, that you could be loved and be taken care of. You know, but the best person that can look after you outside of God is you. Not somebody else. That's secondary. You know, because you can get all the help you, you, you can get, but if you still still feel, think about yourself that you're you're, you're, you're worthless, you know, and, and, and you don't mean anything to anybody, that's going to be pretty tough because you just believe a lie and a lie will hold you captive. But God wants to free some people tonight. So can you all stand with me, please? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that we are all valuable before you. Thank you, God, that we mean something to you, God, that when you made us, Lord God, you created us in your image. Lord God, you made us just like you, Father. 
Lord God, you made us because, Lord God, we are valuable to you, Father God. Lord God, we've got, we've got something inside us that you put in, Lord God, that animals don't have, that other things don't have, that plants don't have, Father. But God, I just want to pray, Lord God, over Equipus Wellington, Father, that they would have a sense of value, Lord God. They would have a sense of purpose, Father God. They would have a sense of destiny even right now, Lord God. I prophesy over this church in Jesus' name, Father. Lord God, the situations and circumstances and issues, Lord God, is not going to derail this church, Father. But those issues, Lord God, will be an amazing opportunity to display your power and your glory and your anointing in Jesus' name. So, Father, we break every bondage right now in Jesus' name, Father. We break every lie, Lord God, that the enemy has spoken over this church in Jesus' name, Father. And we speak release, release, release. Lord God, may you just receive a new thinking. May your minds be renewed right now by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you're building this church. Lord God, and the gates of hell is not going to prevail against this church, Father. It's going to rise, Lord God, and it's going to make an impact, Lord God, in Wellington and further in Jesus' name. So, Father, I thank you, God, that this church is more valuable than the church thinks of itself, Lord God. It's worth far more, Lord God, than we, what we can ever imagine, Lord God, on human terms, Father God. But, Lord God, tonight we put our human terms aside. And Lord God, we just want to grab hold of the Spirit right now in Jesus' name. And I thank you, God, Lord God, that you're going to do all you can, Father God, to bless everyone in this church so that they can be a blessing to this whole city of Wellington, Father. I thank you, God, for the amazing connections. Lord God, even at Vic, Father, that Alistair is running. I'm not sure whether he's still doing it or not, but I've heard good things about it. So if you can keep it going, Alistair, keep it going. There are a whole lot of good things happening in this church and you just need to just put your weight behind this. Keep watering your grass. Don't look over the fence. You know? If you want green grass, man, just water your own grass, man. Water your own grass and don't worry about somebody else's grass. It's somebody else's responsibility. You be responsible for your own stuff. And as you take responsibility for your own stuff, God's going to add more to your life and to your church. Is that cool? Amen. God's great, isn't He? He's good, isn't He? He thinks highly of you, doesn't He? And He loves you with a greater love than you have for yourself. Right? If you think so, come on, let's give God a hand.